Uh, if you have your Bible, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and we'll get there in a moment. You know, I've been uh, talking for 14, 15 weeks on We Overcome, and and uh, a couple weeks ago uh, in this, I was talking about how in 1 John chapter 5, it talks about how, you know, the testimony that we have, or the record we have, the testimony we have that that life is found in Jesus. And he says, he who has the Son has life. And he that doesn't have the Son has not life. I'm, I'm so grateful I have the Son. How about you? I'm, I'm so grateful for his life. You know, last week I referred to in Second Corinthians 4, and we'll get there in a moment, how, how in life you'll, you'll experience challenges. In life you, you can experience difficult situations and difficult things. But the Apostle Paul made a statement. He said, I'm troubled on every side, yet I'm not distressed. I'm forsaken. I'm, I'm persecuted, but, but I'm not forsaken. I'm cast down, but I'm not destroyed. In chapter 7, he talks about, he says, I came to Macedonia. He said, I had, my flesh had no rest. He said, I was troubled on every side. There were contentions without, there were fightings without, and there were fears within. This is the Apostle Paul, man of faith, a man of, I'm the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. And, and so yet he understood, a man of faith understands that in this life, Jesus even said, in, in this world, you're going to have tribulation, what, but be of good cheer, I have overcome it. Meaning, meaning a man of faith isn't someone that doesn't deny that, that he's going to face difficult things. A man of faith is one that understands that I have the greater one living on the inside of me, that no matter where I'm at, what I'm going through, what I'm facing, what I'm going to face tomorrow, I will overcome this. And the Apostle Paul said, I'm troubled on every side, yet I'm not distressed. Why could he say this? And, and a couple of weeks, as I said, a couple of weeks ago, I, meant, I kept focusing on this life, this life that's found in Jesus. He who has the son has life. Because in what I just talked about in second Corinthians, and let's look at it, let's look at verse six. It says, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. Has shined in our hearts. Has illuminated something in our hearts. Has revealed something in our hearts. And this word hearts here is, is your soul, your mind, your will and emotions. So this light that was shined out of darkness, that same light shined in our hearts. What is he referring to this light that shined out of darkness? And you've heard me talk about it before. And it's happened in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, where it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Here at that time, that the earth was without form, it was chaotic. It was, there was no order to it. And yet God said, light be. You know, I, I was uh, I was having a conversation with Annette when I was out of town this past week and we were talking and she was sharing something with me. The Lord was speaking to her and and I ministered along those lines and I was just thinking about it. And and I was really thinking about this when he said light be. He was just as well. He, he could have said life be. He could have said, let me be. Life be we, the sun, the moon, the stars weren't created. So it wasn't light that we see. It wasn't electricity. It wasn't something that was natural, but it was God himself that saying in the midst of the chaos, he was saying light be, he was saying life be. 
And wherever life is, it was to destroy chaos. It was to destroy death. Anything that was wrong, anything was broken, that life was to go forth and change it. And so when God said, when Paul was saying, as light commanded out of darkness, he shined in our hearts. Meaning that same life, Paul saying that same life that was there at the beginning that eradicated the darkness and the chaos that was going on the earth, that same light, that same life, you're going to hear me say that a lot this morning, life and light, because they're interchangeable. And I'll, I'll show you in scripture that that life, Paul was saying that same life, that same light had shined in our hearts to give what the light the light of the knowledge, or you could say the life, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. So there's something that if I really get a picture of Jesus, if I really get an understanding of Jesus, then what happens is there's something that's revealed to my heart. And Paul said that And the next verse says, and we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Wow. He goes, I have this treasure. And then after that, he says, we're troubled on every side. Yet we're not distressed. How could he say I'm not distressed? Why? Because something's been revealed to my heart. And that's my prayer this morning. That something will be revealed to each one of our hearts this morning. Light that shined out of darkness. Let's go to Genesis chapter, Genesis chapter two, Genesis chapter two. Genesis chapter two, verse seven, it says, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and he breathed into his nostrils, the breath of life and man became a living soul. Original language was man became another speaking spirit. He breathed the breath of what into him? Life. See, he, he already had substance. He already had a body. He already had a shape. But now God put himself on the inside of him. There was things there that he had created, but there was no life in it yet. So God said, life be. He breathed the breath of life on the inside of him. And, and yet we know man was, it said man, when he was created, the Psalms tell us that he was created and he was clothed with glory and honor. Meaning that if you looked at Adam and Eve before they fell, they looked just like God. They looked just like heaven. They looked just, they were glory and honor. They were clothed with light. They were clothed with the very life of God. So when they fell in the garden, all of a sudden what happened was, is they did, their physical body didn't die. But what happened? They lost the life of God. They lost the light of God that they were clothed with and filled with. In, chapter, in verse 8 here, he, said, he says to them, he says, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground may the Lord to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. 
Now get this here. God breathed the breath of life into them, gave them everything they need, planted every tree in the garden that came out of the ground and said every tree that was pleasant to look at and pleasant to eat. And God said, and in the midst of it, it was also the tree of life and also the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And my question is, how come they didn't hang out at the tree of life? You know, they hung out at the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And when I was praying about this week and thinking about this and, and even in, in, everyone's, everyone, uh, you know, deals with different things and faces different things and it all can be on different levels. But often in life as Christians, we still hang out at the wrong tree. We still, still hang out at a tree that can't produce life in us. We hang out at a tree that can't bring change to us. We hang out at a tree that, that doesn't bring life to us. So, so what caused them to lose their likeness of God was this very aspect of hanging out at the wrong place. And, and I found it in my own life, even though made me Jesus the Lord of my life, yet I still hung out at the wrong things. I, I still hang out at things that were really bringing decrease to my life instead of bringing increase to my life. This knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. Paul said, we have this treasure on the inside of us, this life on the inside of us. I'm so grateful for his life. I'm so grateful that I encountered his life. Go to John chapter one, John chapter one. Thank you, father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. John chapter 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and what? The life was what? So there's a connection between this life and in this life, this light in this life in, in him was life in him. Who's referring to? Well, verse, verse 14 says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. What he's referring to. He's referring to Jesus in him was life. And that life was the light of men. And it says, and the light shineth in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. What does that mean? The darkness comprehended it not. Meaning everywhere there is light, darkness cannot exist. It doesn't matter how many truckloads I bring of darkness and try to pump it into this room. The thing is, is light will always expel it. Why? Because darkness can never overpower light. It doesn't matter if, if there's, there's all the lights are out. It's nighttime. It's pitch dark in here. It doesn't matter how small my light is. Everyone will be drawn to that light. Why? Because all of a sudden, even the smallest light eradicated darkness. Because as long as that light's in the room, there's, there's really no darkness. Now, you may not be able to see as well, but there's no darkness in that room. Why? Because there's light there. How much life... And how much light are you allowing into your life? You see, your life is not made up of this hyphen in the middle of the day you were born and the day you die. You're like, well, I thought that was your life. Well, the thing is, is you are more than just a span of 
50, 70, 80, 120 years. That's not your life. You see, see, you are so much more than that time frame. The, the Bible says that we will live for eternity somewhere. See, that's just that this, this hyphen, it really, really, really comes down to not your life, but it comes down to your purpose here. What was your purpose here? That's what that hyphen represents. Because you are, you are so much more than just the body you live in. We, you know, we are a three-part being, right? We, have a bo- we, we live in a body, we have a soul, but we are a spirit. Now, now, with us, in him was life, and that life was the light of men. Verse 12 says, but as many as received him, him who? In him was life. So many as received him also have received life. But as many as received him to them, he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of the will of God. Meaning it was God's will for you and I to know this kind of life. You could, you can't earn this life. You can't be born into this life. It's not by blood, meaning you didn't earn it because, because you were born in the right family, Ronnie. It wasn't because you had a, uh, you, you could, you could desire it enough, wish it enough, think it enough. But it was the fact that it was God's will. It was God's desire. It's what he desired to do for humanity. In verse 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him, him who in him was life. And John bore witness of him. And he cried saying, this was he of whom I spoke. He that comes after me is preferred before me for he was before me. Then verse 16 and of his fullness of his fullness in him is life. And of his fullness have all we received grace for grace. Of his fullness. Of his fullness. Out of his fullness. Out of Jesus' fullness, we have all received grace for grace. Now, there's so many different definitions that we could apply to grace. It could be God's ability. It could be God's strength. It could be could be his ability in my life to help me do what I can't do in my own ability. You know, grace is, grace is not a band-aid for, for your, 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 your sins. Grace is not a, grace is an empowerment to live high above your sins. Grace is to live on a whole nother level. But let's, I want to pull up so you can see this in the, in the Greek, what this word actually means. Grace for grace here means the gift of grace seen in the reception of life. Meaning, meaning this grace for grace, this fullness was all about receiving his kind of life. In him was life. Let's go to John chapter 5. John chapter 5 verse 39. It says, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. It says, and they are they which testify of me. 
Meaning you search the scriptures, meaning you're reading scriptures, you're memorizing scriptures, you're looking all through this book and you're trying to understand this book, you're trying to figure this book out and, and I'm trying to figure if I, if, okay, if I just search these scriptures, if I just search these scriptures, then my life can be better. <laughs> Jesus says, the whole thing for the scriptures is they talk about me. <laughs> The point isn't so you can sound more religious because you can remember more scriptures. The, the, you, you know, the thing is, is understanding that the, the scriptures were pointing us to Jesus. The very next verse says, and you will not come to me. This is written in red. So Jesus is speaking here. And you would not come to me that you might have life. Now, we, we get to the word. Why? It's to know him. Jesus, you wouldn't come to me. You wouldn't come to me to receive life. Being a Christian is not about just, hey, I got this notch on my belt that I say this specific prayer and then I wear this label Christian. No, the whole aspect that I'm a Christian is I'm like him. The whole aspect that I'm a Christian is now I have been a partaker of and I've received his life in him is life. And out of his fullness, we have received grace for grace. Out of his fullness, we have received life. Let's go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, verse 12. Then spoke Jesus again unto them. He spoke again unto them. He spoke again unto them. Now, we don't know how many times he spoke again unto them, but we know it had to be at least one time before this. He spoke again unto them. I am the light of the world. Or you could say, I am life to the world. I am light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of what? You see, when you receive Jesus, it's not just I'm ascribing to some sort of religion. No, it's life. It's life. You see, you've heard some of you have heard my story and, and, and talking about when I got healed and was in my sister's living room and had a respiratory disease. And if things didn't change, I'd be on oxygen every day for the rest of my life. And when I cried out to God, and I said, God, if you're real, I need you. And when I started saying, I love you, I love you and went to I love you, Lord. What happened was the life of God invaded the room I was in. And the life of God went through my body and eradicated every bit of, of respiratory disease in my body. And I was totally healed. You can go to Dr. Derek Shani. It's a man, it's a man from Pakistan was my, was my pediatrician and it's all documented. You know, and the thing is, is, is why his life invaded that room that day. It wasn't just, okay, Jesus, I believe in you. And all of a sudden I just go about the rest of my life and live like I used to live. No, something happened in me. The life of God invaded me in him was life. And that life was the light of men. And he said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So that's when, if I don't, if I'm not following him, then I am walking in darkness. It goes back to what tree are you hanging out with? 
the, back to the, the Adam and Eve, they, they hung out at the wrong tree. They, they, could have part, they could have had life every day. They could have t- continued to understand this life and know this life and discover this life, but yet they still want to, they still want to consider maybe the thing they're missing out on. You know, I'm, I'm guilty just like everyone else. And I, I love sports just like the next, next person. I love, uh, you know, I love, I love my family. I love my wife. But I have to get to a place that, 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 that nothing can come in between me and my relationship with the word. Nothing can come between the relationship with that. Because what happens is if you're not careful, then you start hanging out at the wrong tree too long. Or be at the, be a tree you should never be, be at. I said in the first service, I said, I said, sometimes we just need to get a whole new forest. Some of you, you, some of you are hanging around with some wrong trees and, and you need to find a new forest and get hooked up with the right trees. <laughs> he says, follow me. I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall, shall have the light of life. Go to John chapter 20. A lot of scriptures this morning, but just want you to see this. John chapter 20, verse 30. He says, And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. I mean, Jesus did a whole lot more than what's written here. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life Life through his name. That you might have life through his name. The life of God. You're, you have the life of God in you. You may not feel it. You may not live, be living like it. But you have the life of... If you made Jesus the Lord of your life, you have the light of, and life of God on the inside of you. Go to Romans, uh, Romans chapter six. I just remembered a story from a long time ago. Sorry, I'm just having a conversation with myself. I just another scripture. <laughs> Some of you might know that story. Romans chapter six, verse one, it says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? I mean, shall I continue? Can I, shall I continue hanging out with the wrong tree? <laughs> shall I continue to, to, uh, in sin that life may abound? It says, God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? You know, I, I had to get to a place where where, where I was more hungry for him than anything else in my life. I had, I had to become more hungry for, for what he had to offer than what anybody else could give me. You know, I got tired, sick and tired. I got sick and tired of, you know, living the life I was living without a purpose from one party to another, one high to another, one drunk, one hangover to another, one, one, one confusion to another. One broken relationship from another broken. I got tired of that type of lifestyle. I got sick and tired of it. 
And I, and so, so for me, it was like when I got born again and all of a sudden it was like, I, I, my life was totally radically changed. And I was like, I don't want that anymore. I'm, I'm tired of that. And then he says this verse, verse three says, know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Christ. Jesus were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so also we should walk in newness of life. Meaning just the same way as Jesus was raised up from the dead, that, that through that baptism, that's why, that's why baptism by water to me is so important. And we're going to be doing that next week um, outside during our anniversary service. So if you're interested in being baptized... Sign up for that. But it's such a powerful representation because just as Jesus was raised from the dead, even we are also raised up with him that we should what walk, walk, walk in newness of life. Meaning if Jesus came on the inside, it should change how we live. It needs to change how we act. It needs to change how we respond. The Amplified says this. We were buried, therefore, with him by the baptism into his death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, so we, too, might habitually live and behave in the newness of life. Meaning, meaning I need to hang out with him. I need to hang out with the right tree. I need to hang out doing the right things. Let's go to, let's go to Romans chapter 8. Thank you, Father. Verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Are you in Christ Jesus? Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Verse 2, For the law of the Spirit of what? For the law of the Spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus has made me free... From the law of sin and death. You see, you, you see, we get so fo- we get so focused on on the darkness in our lives instead of focusing on the light we should be following. See, it goes back to what tree am I hanging out at? Because I guarantee, whatever tree tree you're hanging out is the fruit you're going to reap. Tree, a, a tree has a purpose; it's going to produce something. It's going to produce something. So whatever tree you're hanging out is the only thing you can get from it is what it can produce. And I'm telling you, you can only get so much from this natural world. Now I'm saying and, and, and there's certain things to it. God's given us all things richly to enjoy. There's some things to I enjoy sports. I enjoy things. I enjoy vacation. I enjoy those things. So I'm, I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about what's your God and what is your source. We got to hang out at the right tree. We got to hang out in the right place because it's in this life. It's in the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that has made me free from the law of sin and death. You know, I, you know, when I, when I was, when I started going back to other things in my life and dealing with certain things in my life, the thing is I had to realize that life is over there. That's only going to keep me in darkness. It's only, it can only produce so much in my life. Thank you. Go to, let's go to Revelations. See, before I uh, go, go there, you can, you can turn to Revelations chapter 22. Verse 11 says, but if the spirit of him 
that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. Now, one thing we have this mindset because I had a religious mindset that eternal life had to do with heaven one day. And one day I'm going to heaven and one day we're going to know what, what, what heaven's all about. And that's why that's eternal life. That's, that's not what he's referring to. He, he's talking about right now. If you've received Christ, you have a, you, you're already living everlasting life. You, you have already begun everlasting life. Everlasting life doesn't begin when you die here. And this might be a stretch for some of you to believe, but if you got born again, you've really done all the dying you're ever going to do. See, as a believer, we just transition. We just say, I'll see you over there. Jesus, he said he took away the sting of death. So, so the thing is, 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 is when we made him Lord of our life, you've already started everlasting life. And here it says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your moral bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Meaning you already have the life of God in you. I need to go to um, another place. You stay there in Revelations. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Starting in verse 4. Because this, this deals with where, you, where, where are you hanging out at? Where are you finding your strength from? Starting in verse 1. And I'll read the Amplified. It says, so since Christ suffered in the flesh for us, for you, arm yourselves with the same thought and purpose. Patiently to suffer rather than to fail to please God. For whoever has suffered in the flesh, having the mind of Christ, is done with intentional sin. Has stopped pleasing himself and the world and pleases God. Now, I could preach on these, but I'm just going to let you let the Lord minister to you on those. Verse two, so that he can no longer spend the rest of his natural life. See, it's separating it. No longer spend, spend the rest of his natural life living by his human appetites and desires, but he lives for what God wills. <laughs> Man, so that he can no longer spend the rest of his natural life living by his human appetites and desires. What drove Adam and Eve? It was a natural appetite. And it drove them to, to, to seek something that was really going to destroy them. God doesn't hate sin. God doesn't hate sin because sin's bad. God hates sin because sin separates you from him. That's the point. And he already judged sin in the flesh through Jesus. So the point is we just need to live in life. <laughs> He already, he already dealt with the sin issue. So I'm not, I'm not preaching condemnation. The thing is, I just, I'm just saying, hey, let's get to the right tree. And if you get to the right tree and hang out there, the other tree won't even be an option. And so too often people, people kind of stay in between. I'm not, do, well, this week, I'm, well, I'm not sure. Um, man, man, I feel bad about that. Then they live in condemnation when all the while God says, hey, just come over here. Come over here. Come over here. Stay over here. Hmm. 
Verse three, for the time that is past already suffices for doing what the Gentiles like to do, living as you have done in shameless, insolent wantonness, in lustful desires, drunkenness, reveling, drinking bouts, abdominal, lawless idolatries. They are astonished. Now talking about the world, the, they, the world is astonished that they think it's queer or weird that you do not now run hand in hand with them in the same excess of dispensation and that they abuse you. Meaning, meaning they're making fun of you because you don't do what they do. <laughs> you know, I remember after I got born again and God had moved in my life, I started going on mission trips. And I remember uh, talking to a, a friend of mine called me up and he had had a DWI and I helped him out getting out of that, went to court with him, stood with him. He came to church, you know, everything was great. And, and he's, and, and his life was changing. His life was changing. And then all of a sudden, you know, it was about a year later, things were going, and all of a sudden he just disappeared. I didn't see him. And he called me up from a party and all my friends that I had known, and here I, I've been born again for a couple years now, all my, all my friends that I grew up with that I had to get away from, he put me on some sort of speakerphone at that time. And, and all of a sudden is making fun of me from all he's, he's one of those Jesus freaks now and everyone's laughing and everyone's, everything's doing that. I had friends call me cause I heard you're a part of some sort of a cult now I heard you all. And the thing is they were making fun of me, but I had realized, Lord, I'm so glad I'm not in that life anymore. And the thing is the world, the world thinks it's weird that you're not like them. And it, actually, if you're not weird, then you're probably hanging out the wrong tree too much. <laughs> Just saying, I'm not talking about being a flaky Christian and being woo, super spiritual. I'm talking about being real and having a real vital relationship with, with the word and, and with the Lord. There's some flaky ones out there. It's like, I'm like snowflake. It's kind of way. But, but the thing is, is he... He, he, he said, they think it's weird that you don't do what they do. And the next verse says this, verse five, but they will have to give an account to him who is ready to judge and pass sentence on the living and the dead. For this is why the good news was preached in their lifetime, even to the, to the dead, that though judged in fleshly body as men are, they might live in the spirit as God does. The gospel was preached. You say, well, I thought the gospel was preached so people can go to heaven one day. Not according to this. The gospel could be preached so we can live the same life he does. So we can walk the same way he does. You're like, no, you're like, well, that's impossible. No one can be like God. I didn't say it. He said it. For us to walk like him. Go to Revelations. You're already there. Sorry. Now, in this, in this chapter, it talks about the water and the tree of life. It talks about the water of life. It talks about the tree of life. And I gave an assignment to the first service. This is your assignment this week. Read Revelation chapter 22. All right? Thank you, Father. Verse 14. Blessed are those who cleanse their garments that they may have the authority and the right to the tree of life and to enter through the gates into the city. How, how do we get our garments clean? Receiving Jesus. You don't have to go outside. I, I need to wash my clothes. No, it's just receiving Jesus. 
something about righteousness, a robe of righteousness, verse 15. But with that, um, let's go to verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent my messenger to you to witness and to give you assurance of these things for the churches. Who is it for? Now, if you want the idea that Revelations is written for some time in the future, no, the Revelation, Revelation was written to the churches. So he's writing to the church age ceases to exist after Jesus returns. So this has to be referring to you and I. I, Jesus, have sent my messenger to you to witness and to give you assurance of these things for the churches. He says, I am the root of the offspring of David, the radiant and the brilliant morning star, the Holy Spirit and the bride, the church, the true Christian says, what does the true Christian say? Come and let him who is listening say, come and let everyone come who is thirsty. Now get this, who is painfully conscious of his need of those things by which the soul is refreshed. Supported and strengthened. Whoever desires to do it, let him come and take and appropriate and drink of the water of life without cost. What's he telling the church? Say, come. And whoever has come, whoever comes, whoever is thirsty, let him come unto me and drink and receive this living water. There is life found in Jesus. Jesus was prophesied in, in, in Isaiah where he was the root of Jesse. Genesis, I mean, Galatians chapter, um, Galatians, uh, sorry, Romans chapter 15, verse 13 tells us the root that came out of Jesse. And so, so the thing is referring to Jesus and he is the tree of life. He is the presence of God. He is the life of God. Come on. Amen. It's available to every believer. Let me close with this. Go to John chapter six. John chapter 6. Father, we thank you for your word. Let me just say this with me. I have an open heart heart. to receive. receive. Amen. Verse 26. Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. What does this mean? You seek me not to receive what I have, but you seek me to get what I can do. I mean, I, I did it often, often throughout life, you know, going to God for what I can get from him. You know, I've seen it in people, you know, they go through difficult times, challenging situations. All of a sudden God comes through, God restores we're back on the high of life. And then the next thing, the next thing, you know, they just go out of the church relate. They get back in old things. And all of a sudden it's like, man, they're back to where they started. And they come, well, pastor, can you help? Can you help with it? I mean, this happened, this happened. Where have you been for the last two years? Well, you know, see, I got busy and then, you know, someone offended me at your church. And then I went to that church and I just stopped going to church. And, you know, I, I you know, stopped reading the Bible and, you know, and, you know, and, you know, and <laughs> yeah, well, but it, it comes down to, Jesus said, you're following me not because who I am. You're just following me because of what I can do. And, 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 and we really need to answer that question. What tree are we hanging out with? Because really, do, what kind of results do we want in our life? And I, I know he's saying this because we have to read the next verse. It says this. He goes, labor not for the meat that perishes. 
mean, don't toil, don't struggle, don't strive after for the provision or the substance that has a lifespan. I'm telling you, majority of our thinking in our life is constantly focused on things that have a lifespan. Constantly, whether it's money, whether it's success, whether it's job, whether it's sex, whether it's whatever it is, these things that are just temporary and it drives people's lives. It consumes people's lives. It destroys people's lives. And he goes, stop laboring. Stop laboring for the things that have a lifespan. Stop pursuing. Stop giving all your effort, all your attention to something that, that is never really going to bring a fulfillment to you. Like I said, I'm, I'm not saying I, 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 I love things in life. I'm so grateful that, that my wife and I, we get to do things. I'm so grateful for those things. But, but I can't put those things in front of my relationship with Jesus because anything outside of him has no life, has no life. He says, labor not for the things that perish, but he says, but meaning for, but for that meaning. So don't work and strive and struggle for all these things that don't perish, but what work strive after pursue after the meat, the substance which endureth unto everlasting life. See, if everlasting life was just one moment that you received it when he prayed, why should he say that we should pursue after it? If it was just a one moment encounter that I, I accepted Jesus and that's all that I pursued I have to do, then why would he say, stop striving after that and start striving after this? Labor for the thing. Labor for the substance. The meat means provision or substance. Labor for the substance that's going to bring about everlasting life. Now get this. Which the son of man shall give unto you. Meaning the son of man shall give unto you. Meaning when you're pursuing after the thing that endures. What happens is the son of man in him was life. And that life was the light of men. Out of this fullness, we have all received grace for grace or the reception and the receiving of life. So here, labor for that that endures to everlasting life. And the Son of Man will give it unto you. I'm telling you, the Son of Man is always, he is the tree of life. Jesus is the tree of life. The Word of God is the tree of life. The presence of God is the strength of his life. And I'm telling you, those things together are going to bring about strength in everything that you do. But you have to strive after and pursue the right things. You know, then in the next verse, at the end of the verse says this. For him, the son, hath God the father sealed. What does that mean, sealed mean? You know, in the old days, they would take letters and it would have initials and they would take that, that, that initial, that ring, that signet ring, and they put it in wax. And what they would do is they would send someone with a messenger and no one had a symbol like that symbol. It was specific to that family and he would put a seal on it. And what happens? They would send that letter off and it was a seal. What did that seal represent? It represented authority. It represented permission. It, repre- it represented empowerment, meaning the person that I'm sending has the power to do what I sent him to do. So when it says for him, Jesus, God hath sent and sealed him, meaning God is saying, hey, 
hey, I'm empowered to do this. I, you want life? I'm empowered to give it. You want change? I'm empowered to give it. You want strength? I'm empowered to give it. You need new direction? I'm empowered to give it. You need life and abundant life? I'm empowered to give it. In him is life. And that life is the light of men. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. In him was life. Thank you, Father. His life's in you. If you made Jesus the Lord of your life, his life's in you. I'm so grateful for his life in me. I'm hungry for... I'm hungry to know this kind of life. I, I want to be filled with this life. Yeah. Or the apostle Paul said, you know, when I'm weak, he's strong. He made statements like, I am what I am by the grace of God. I mean, I am what I am by his life. When he said, I am weak, he's strong. What did before that? He said, he told him, Paul, he says, what my grace is sufficient, meaning my life is sufficient in your life. Grace is so much more than things that we may think it is. It's his life. It's his very life. And say his life wants to invade your darkness, his his life wants to invade your sickness. His life wants to invade your, your life that's chaotic. And, you know, he says, we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. We have this life on the inside of us. God wants you to be acquainted with his life. His life. I told a story in the, in the first service. And I remember I went at, when I first got here in 1999, man, 20 years ago, wow. And it was this time of year, we always had what they called a soul winning week. We had different speakers that would come in and, and they had different avenues of evangelism and the way that they would do things. And, and, uh, we had this one gentleman, his name, Andrew, Andrew Metropolis, and he was, he was Greek and he would come in and how he, how he did things. It wasn't your typical evangelism. He wasn't your typical preaching. And we went out in the street. It was like, I mean, it was like signs and wonders. I mean, you like walk out on the street and it's, it's like there's, he just walked, he goes, you have sickness in your body and, or whatever. And he would, he wouldn't touch him. He wouldn't lay hands on anything. And he just say, he would just say, I just, I, you know, I'm commanding the life of God to flow in your body. And next thing you know, there's just people, we, we'd be in grocery stores, different places. And we, we just watch how he ministered to people. And, and it was all of a sudden, it was like people were just miracles, just, just things happening through his life. Why? Because he understood what was on the inside of him. And at the end of that week, you know, we were challenged and we were charged as Bible students. We're going to go out and we're going to change Fort Worth. Woo! You know, and, you know, and, uh, but, you know, Justin here back then was in fear and trembling. And how do I talk to people? What do I say to people? I can't do this. I, I mean, I don't, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm afraid. I, I can't, can't talk to someone. And, but, but through that, through that week, I, I just was remembering some things. And, and so I went with this one team and it was just four of us. And we went down to a place at that time, I think they called it fire station park, 
or you may call it the projects or whatever they might call it. It's right outside of, right in uh, downtown Fort Worth. And, and we went down there and, and so it's four of us and we, we get out of the car and it's in the evening and sun isn't quite down yet. And, and we're, 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 we get out of the car, we walk across the street and we walk in and there's someone that rolls up and they're like, um, are, are you lost? <laughs> um, <laughs> You, um, it's like, you, it seemed like you took a wrong turn somewhere and, and, and we're like, no, we're here to share the love of Jesus. <laughs> and and guys, well, someone was killed on that corner last night. And, and just so you know, and you know, I, I think, think you probably need to leave. And, and we're like, we're like, no, we're just going to share the love of God. And so we walk around and, and we were just encountered. People were sitting outside their, their, their front door and we'd go, people would talk to them and, and, but I, I was, for me, I was I'm really shy. So I was watching them do it. And I was like, I'll, I'll let you go first. I'll let you go first. And, you know, and we were just walking around and, and I was like, I need to talk to at least one person. I need, I need to talk to at least one person. And I'm like, and, but it, and it was just when you, when I just asked the Lord to help me, he was there to help. And I saw this gentleman walking down the street and he had a paper bag in his hand with liquor in it. And, and, you know, I felt, you know, it's like, Hey, I can talk to a drunk guy. I used to be one, you know, I can, I can, I can talk to him, you know? And, and, and so, so, so I come up to him and I ask him his name. He says, he goes, he's told me his name was Loomis. And, and I, and I, I talked to him and, and I said, you ever heard about Jesus? And, and he goes, yeah, yeah. I heard about all this religious stuff. Yeah. My mom wants me to go to church and all this, but I don't like that religious stuff. And he used some words and. He was like, I, I don't, I don't want any of that. I, my, my life's fine. I, I don't want any of that. And we went on, the conversation went on and, and I said, I'm like, Lord, I, I, there's something you want to do in this man's life. And I didn't, I just got quiet and I'm thinking of all the things I heard this past week. And, and, um, I said, now let's, can we, can we make a deal? I said, can you, I said, if I pray for you and you, um, you sent something different. Would you receive my Jesus? And um, he's like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever, whatever, whatever. Can I have this couple here you're visiting? Can I come, can you come here for a second? Both of you, yeah, sure. Just take her hand. Just a step forward. And I took, I took his hand. And didn't say a lot of prayers. Had his hand and I... Just put my hand on his shoulder, just like that, real simple. And I said, Father, I just thank you for making yourself real. Reveal yourself to this man. You love him. You have a plan for his life. Show your life to him. I release your life into him right now. Thank you, Father. And I just minister to them and just... You know, nothing, nothing dramatic, nothing loud. And just the presence of God was just going into him. And he, 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 he opened his eyes and he stepped back. He goes, what'd you do to me? He goes, what'd you do to me? And he's bawling and crying. And I said, that was Jesus loving on you. You sense God's presence? Father, I thank you for the ministry that you've called them to. I thank you that you have planted them for such a time as this. I thank you for the calling that's without repentance. I thank you for the anointing and the grace required to do what you're having them step into. I thank you that they step in with boldness. They step in fully clothed with your armor, 
fully clothed with your righteousness and fully clothed with your power. Let your strength be their strength. And I thank you for flowing through them in amazing ways. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. You see, the life of God, the life of God's in you. The life of God's in you. And you just release. It's not about how much you know or what you can do. It has nothing to do with that. It's just realizing the life of God is in me and saying, God, I thank you that life's in me. And I want to release that into someone else's life. That made it after that one experience. I realized my way of evangelism is different than someone else's way of evangelism. You know, it's just different. It, and, and the thing is, for me, it's not necessarily, will you say this prayer with me? That will come. That will happen. I'm not against any of that. That's what chariots of light. We, we do that. I do that. But I'm just saying, for me, when it's one-on-one, as the Lord directs me, I want them to know the reality of and the, just that it's not words I'm speaking, but there's something connected to what's in me. And it's beyond Justin. I believe we're stepping into a season as a church where, where the life of God is going to flow in this place in such an amazing ways. There's a move of God that is, that is, has been churning and, and, and flowing in this place and it's going to continue to build and there will be a move of God in this area and it's going to change many lives. It's not just to say, Hey, God's presence is there the word is preached there or the worship's this or, or no, it's going to be the life of God is there. And it's not just to say the life of God is here, but each one of you, each one of you, each one of us where we are carriers of that life and to go out and minister to that life in exactly the way someone needs it. Just repeat this after me. I'm so grateful for Jesus. I receive his life in me. I choose to hang out of the tree of life. I choose to labor, strive, and pursue after that which leads to everlasting life. I receive that life today in a greater measure. Because I understand what's in me. I thank you, Father, that great things will happen through my life, in my family, in my workplace. There's a move of God happening in my life, and it's going to happen through me. I thank you for a move of God in my church, awakening our, awaken our community, stir up our community. For them to be hungry for this kind of life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Just place your hand on the person on your left and your right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Just hearing this word in my heart and you're hearing this word and it's, it's for, and it's just, it's simple. It just says, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. 
You're going to make it. Some of you even have said that there's some here. I, I just sense there's really, I just really sense over on this side, it's the young lady and it's just the kind of questions like, how am I going to make it? How am I going to make it through this? How can this be restored? Or some, I just hear a question like that and, and I just, the Lord just wants me to tell you, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. Just pray over the person you're left and you just release the life of God in them. If all you have to say is, Father, I thank you for the life that's in me. I release that life in them. If you don't know how to pray, just say, I thank you for the life in me. And I, I just release life into them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You have this treasure in an earthen vessel. This treasure, this life, this life, this treasure is in you this morning. It's, it'll be in you and you wake up. The thing is, is that life will continue to grow and you'll yield to that greater life as you continue to hang out at the tree of life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I thank you for your life flowing in this place. I thank you for miracles working in this place. I thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Where there were symptoms, where there was pressure, where there was pressure behind eyes. I thank you that pressure is leaving in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Where there was where there was knees that were stiff. Hallelujah. And swollen. I thank you that swelling is going down in the name of Jesus. I thank you that light is eradicating darkness. Life is eradicating things that are wrong, things that are broken. Oh, Father, I thank you that your word, your anointing, your life is working. And it's working in us big time. Hallelujah. The anointing is working and it's working mightily. It's mightily working. It's mightily working in this place. Hallelujah. I declare life be. Life be. Life be in every heart. Life be. Life be. I declare life in every home. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I declare life over our children. I declare the bondages of darkness being broken over our children. Hallelujah. I, do, I put, our, put the enemy on assignment. That every assignment that may be on our children, that assignment is broken. I thank you that life is permeating the heart of every children. And I thank you that you're giving our children a burning desire and a burn, burning hunger for, for the life of God, the presence of God, and the power of God. I thank you, Father, that, that in our youth ministry, in our youth group, and what's going to happen in our sports ministry is going to cultivate and is going to produce... It's going to produce a hunger in our schools. A hunger, a hunger, a hunger. Hunger is permeating this community. A hunger for the things of God. There's a hunger being released. A hunger. Hallelujah. And I thank you, Father, that that, that, that realize that, 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 that the tree of uh, what's going on in the society, in the world, and politics, that, that they can't find their strength there. They can't find their satisfaction there. But I thank you that they run to the tree of life. Hallelujah. They run to the tree of life. Hallelujah. And we thank you for it. And we agree as a church family and a church body that you're showing up big time in South Fort Worth, Texas. We thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name. To receive that today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. God is good. God is good.